Let us pray. Lord Jesus, it is you who wakes me up every day. And I am forever grateful for your love. This is why I pray. You let me touch so many people. And it's all for the good. I influence so many children. I never thought that I would. And I couldn't take credit for the love they get. Because it all comes from you, Lord. I'm just the one that's giving it. And when it seems like the pressure gets to be too much, I take time out and pray and ask that you be my crutch. Lord, I am not perfect by a long shot. I confess to you daily. But I work hard every day and I hope that you hear me. In my heart, I mean well. But if you'll help me to grow, then what I have in my heart will begin to show. And when I get going, I'm not looking back for nothing. Because I will know where I'm headed. And I'm so tired of the suffering. I stand before you, a weakened version of your reflection. Begging for direction. For my soul needs resurrection. I don't deserve what you've given me, but you never took it from me. Because I am grateful, and I use it, and I do not worship money. If what you want from me is to bring your children to you, my regret is only having one life to do it, instead of two. Amen. Welcome to We Are Something Else, episode 93, Party Up. Uh, we got our special guest tonight. 
Earl Holman from Crooked Crab Brewing Company. Welcome to the show, Earl. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Appreciate Earl's it. Gonna, Earl's going to be sitting out in with us tonight just uh, chatting and wrapping up everything that he's got uh, brewing up in Crofton. Um, but till we get to that part, fellas, what's good? CB. Hey, man. Um, really looking forward to the show. Obviously, I mean, I don't know how many people know this, but Earl is like one of my best friends on planet Earth. So it's cool that uh, one, he's got a brewery of his own. And two, you know, we get to chop it up on the podcast. It'll be it'll be dope because he's uh, one of the homies who I've not gotten to see very much since the COVID shutdown. So it's cool to get uh, some chill time in. Nice. So if he's one of your best friends, that makes him one of my best friends. <laughs> That's how that works. Guilty by association. By association. Okay. E, what's good, bro? Nothing much, man. Just, uh, you know, ready for the show. Just uh, fresh off of a little staycation, you know, so uh, I'm refreshed and, you know, ready to get get it in. Okay. Okay. That's what's up. Um, yeah, this, whew, this has been a, an eventful week, hasn't it? I mean, here we were almost literally a week ago, and we, we talked about a couple of different things. So with that said... Let's wrap. So, obviously, we kind of ended our show last week around X and not knowing, you know, the situations, the circumstances, what was going to happen. But, you know, uh, as we all know, X passed. Was that Friday? Yeah. Because yeah, the show was Thursday. Mm-hmm. And Friday overnight, um, organ failure is what, you know, he was on life, life support and the organs just, just went. But, you know, this one... It's been sitting heavy, and I think it's not just me. I think you know a lot of people that I've talked to. It it sits heavy with them because you don't realize how much of an impact X had on you, one way or another. I mean, this he was cult. Like I think I got introduced to X around eighth grade, maybe ninth. As dark as hell is hot, and my cousin introduced him, and just ever since, like X just had something different about him. Um, but yeah, so how you know how are you guys handling the news, or how have you taken it? Um, have you been listening to a lot of X? You know, thoughts. Definitely was running through some of the uh, discography and everything, um, and you know, it was already fresh in our mind. You know, Thursday when we were talking about it. So, um, it's 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 nuts because he was such he was like a movement of his own, and people. Absolutely. For like, especially the younger generation, the guys that are younger than us, like they don't, they might not really even understand that, right? Because they weren't around. Um, and granted, when he was really coming in, you know, I was still like a kid, so it took probably until the late '90s for me to really be more hip uh, to what he was doing and everything, but. It, you go back through the discography and it's just like, he's just got all these anthems, man. And I remember like playing basketball in the neighborhood as a kid and kid, and people talking about, yeah, man, like he's the only rapper that's got pra- like prayers on his albums. And, you know, he stood out. He was unique uh, from that standpoint because you had like this kind of you know, a dog for a lack of, you know, um, yeah. and but also someone who was God fearing and, you know, spoke about that. Right, right, right. He definitely wore his demons on his shoulder. Like you you felt you felt his pain. Like you kind of knew he wanted you to know what he was going through, what he had been through. 
it was like a a, a testimony almost. And I want to I want to say something like I think it was eleventh grade I got introduced to X because I remember because he did the two albums in one year, and I remember being in Spanish class when the second album dropped. Like I had it, I went out that morning before I got to school. And we had a substitute teacher, fourth period, which is the longest period of the day. And I knew I was going to listen to the whole album in that class. So that's how I remembered. It was, I was in 11th grade when that happened, when uh, I got introduced to X. Earl, um, are you a big X fan? Is, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I like I like rap music and I, I'm, a, I'm a DMX fan. And it hit me kind of kind of weird because I didn't even realize that his name was Earl literally until like i was reading some some articles and stuff about it and that just like hit on a whole nother level you know like just growing up like i've always had like my name i hated my name as a kid because i was the only kid named earl and like when you're a kid you just want to fit in with everybody else and you just want a name that's you know like everybody else and i, I used to get made fun of and everything and I, i'm at peace with that now and um you know, I, I've grown to to appreciate my name, and the fact that I I found out that he had the same name as me just yesterday, it's like I almost it's like I didn't even know this guy, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been I've been pumping a lot of his music lately. Um, we definitely were blasting it at the at the brewery, um, in the tap room, um, on the day we we heard the news. Um, just try to celebrate his life and and you know, absolutely, let him live on. E. I mean, it, without even not even want to say, but you, we've always always listened to X because he's in your gym. He's in your gym playlist. Like his raw energy is something that you automatically um, you you fed to it, right? Like you said at an earlier age when you heard the first. First of all, like just his first single was enough energy for you to feel like. Absolutely. Like you didn't put in enough work. Whatever you just got through doing, he just showed you like there's still some more left in the tank. And um, he been kind of going into the lines of what you said as far as, you know, he's, he wore his demons on his shoulder. I feel like if anything, uh, X was a walking therapist for himself and everybody else, right? Because he would tell you about the good and the bad. He would tell you about his bad days and not even blink. You know, he would just say, you, you have them, but you, you got to deal with them. You know what I mean? Um, so it wasn't always just a, a glorified rap person that was just everything that was highlighted highlighted on that side. You know, like the dogs, the, the just that rap life. When you talk about X, you would talk about all the painful stuff that he would go through as well. But that was that was a part of his journey, and I think that's what made him more personable to everybody. Was that he went through stuff that either you either know about your parents, you know, your parents, your cousins, your, you know, whoever. And I think that was kind of what made him who he was to us, you know, that, that kind of person. Um, and, you know, from the raw voice to the, yeah. the, 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 as far as then you talk about the lyrical talent that he brought to the game and you realize that just, just sheerly off of that, like his talent was enough, but it was everything else that we took from him that really made us, you know, you know, stick to X like that. Right, right, and then Pops hit on something. Now I, I did hear this that he uh, his mom had took him to a foster home, telling him they were going to visit someone, and she just left him there. Like you know, like that's a lot of uh, to, to say that his his childhood was rough is like an understatement. Like that, that, that rough riders thing that they had out, like 
Absolutely. I mean, and to deal with those struggles, and we we talked about, you know, his how he was introduced to the hard stuff or just drugs in general, you know, that, that that's enough to scar anyone. And then like outside of music, I mean that the dude, like when Romeo must die came out, you're like, like he had acting chops too. Like he, he could do a little bit of everything. And like you said, the, the music was kind of the best of both worlds. Like he gave you the, the weight, the, the gym workout music, but then he also gave you, the softer side of stuff. I mean, the, the the couple the track he had with Aaliyah, the back in one piece was, I mean, that, that's that's still a, to me as a classic. Um, it's definitely gonna be missed. Uh, and you just, I'm glad that he got to see. Everybody loved X, but after like the verses, I think he got. I mean, his streams went up. I mean, his, his music was back in like heavy rotation, and I think he got to feel some of the love towards the last. I mean, that was almost six months ago, so just tough, man. And the way he was talking about on um, the uh, Drink Champs podcast, you know, like he he said, uh, I, I'm pretty sure it was that podcast where they're basically, he was yep. like, yo, if it's my time, like I'm, I lived a good life. And it's like, yo, man, like that sounds like a man that is at peace, regardless of, you know, everything that he had going on. Yep, absolutely. He also um, said that he was working. Last album too. Yeah, he, had, he had, and he, I think he was even he listed the uh his features on the album as well. So it definitely sounded like it was gonna be it was it had some heat with it. I knew he had he had been with Swizzy a lot towards the, like because there was a a period where they I don't know if they had fallen out or maybe he just took a, a side step just to do some other stuff. But you know, him and Swiss hadn't done music in a long time, and. Like Swiss had even gotten excited on the, um, his Breakfast Club interview. He said, you know, him and X were back at it. Like it felt like old times and he couldn't wait for people to hear the music. So I know at some point we'll hear it. And I hope that the features stay pure to what was originally supposed to happen. And we don't get a lot of posthumous, like, you know, everybody jump on his last X album and give him a verse kind of thing. You know, keep the album as organic as possible. Cause those tributes are going to be out there anyways. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so and yeah, like you said, keep it, keep it organic, keep it as organic as possible. I think that's yeah. what we all want. Yeah. Cause they, after a while with the, we you know, with the whole Biggie situation, they just the Biggie duets and like, they just started war. I got all these unreleased verses. So Diddy's like, all right, let's just throw everybody on the album and let's just do like all these crazy things that would have never probably happened if Biggie had still been around. Uh, let's talk about this. So the defense and the prosecution rested on the Derek Chauvin uh, murder trial. Uh, I don't know. I think we talked about a little bit about this last week, but I don't know if you guys have caught up with what happened this week or what's been going on, but it's been a draining three weeks almost of this trial, and it's kind of good to have it come to an end. But then now you're like, okay, well, Tomorrow there's gonna be nothing. Monday is a closing arguments, <clears throat> and then that's the, that's your last ditch effort. I mean, to me, it should be what they Dave Spell say: open and shut case, Johnson. It should <laughs> it should be that easy, right? I mean, you've got nine minutes of footage, plus all these you know uh, pictures and testimonies, but you just never know. All it, all it takes is one person to to sway this whole thing. Um, <clears throat> so. 
that'll come. I think Tuesday they go into chambers for to come up with the verdict or whatever. Because Monday's the closing arguments. Today was the first time in court you got to hear Chauvin kind of speak, and he denied. Well, I, I kind of had a feeling he was going to not speak. He wanted to take the Fifth Amendment and not talk. Um, testify because I think that would have opened up a lot of <clears throat> there's probably a lot of things that he doesn't want out there that will pin even more into his character. So, but uh, we can go around it. You know, how do you feel about it being wrapped up? You know, all that. I wasn't um watching live, but I was <laughs> reading up on uh how things had gone this afternoon and this this Chappelle skit. I plead the fifth, <laughs> you know, like the fifth, like all that, like that just came to mind. I was like, yeah, this dude, you know, he probably, it, it would have been like, well, like a, a sheep to slaughter type lamb to slaughter type thing. If he had to get up there, they, the prosecutors could probably just pick him apart. Um, and, you know, could end up, you know, either maybe reacting in a certain way that, you know, doesn't doesn't work out i think that there were ways he could his him and his team could have approached it um you know if he had tried to come off remorseful or something like that but we we haven't seen anything uh like that from him up to this point but i do think that it um it it really seems like we should know what's going to happen but we all know that we don't know what's going to happen because it needs to be it needs to be unanimous. Everybody in the room needs to, you know, be on the same page. And like you said, yeah, it's we all had to watch like Twelve Angry Men or something like at some point in uh, either middle school or high school or something. Mm-hmm. And so we know how all that goes. It, it could be crazy. Yeah, like you said, you think you know how it's gonna go, but like it, it seems like how many of these cases have we had so far, and how many times has it gone the way that you think it's gonna go, right? Um, I, I think my bigger point is like, why, why does this keep happening? Not, not, I mean, it's great that we want justice for the families, but these people, like, why do people keep dying? I mean, how many people need to die before we actually change something and we actually do something about it? You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it, it's, it's such a coincidence that this trial is going on while somebody else dies in the same city. Like... I mean, what what are we doing here? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I I think maybe after the first day or two, like I haven't been watching it since then. Like I, I think I still have those kind of like we're always talking about the the predeceived. Like we we've watched these before, and you know we we have an idea. We we have a, a an assumption. <laughs> like I feel like that's the best word I can use for it. Right? It's an assumption what should happen um i'm not even gonna lie but i'm 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 completely uh um desensitized to whatever happens like it which shouldn't be the case but that's exactly what it is like one way or another even if he gets whatever penalty that should come his way it's not gonna be a joyous moment because it's like we know there's so many others that are still going to get off or the fact that even if you feel like this should be like the president to set for, you know, others to come, that it's, it's you know, it, it's like, you still need to see more. Like, you know, it's right. the, the, the quintessential Jay-Z. We don't believe you. We need more people. 
right? Exactly. Like, we need to we need to get that that feel from you. But and then if it if it does go left, um, the reaction that's going to happen from that city and everywhere else is also not going to. I'm not going to flinch at that either because this right. is like this is the this is the cause and effect. Like there's a cause and effect in this whole situation. And I feel like people have to understand that this is what we've been privy to for, for ages. And this is just this is way this is America to you know kind of quote the right. cliche, but it is right. I, I kind of looked at it like you got the the prosecutors and you got the um, the defendants or whatever the you know state versus whatever. But it's almost like good versus evil. Like you know you root for the good guys and you know you got the bad guys. Like how are you defending this bad guy? And then you just over the, the, the course of this trial, I've heard what well, the defense's case I've heard, you know, it wasn't asphyxiation. Then I've heard that, you know, it was his heart was bad already. Then I heard that um, carbon monoxide, like there's so many theories that they're pitching, just hoping that something is just going to stick. So you're, you're pitching these theories, but then there's still like nine minutes of a video um emotional testimony, you know, all this, and let's just say it could have been any of these theories that the defense is pitching, right? He still rendered no aid. So, you know, you, you hope for, you know, I guess the highest charge is second degree murder, but then, you know, there's other little small charges that can trickle down. So you hope for the best, but, you know, you just hope it doesn't get down to the worst of, you know, nothing. But I think at this point, he, there's something has to be, you know, he has to do something. And we'll we'll just see what happens. Um, it's just been interesting just to see you know the prep work that goes into something like that, you know, outside of just the case in general, but just the work that has to go into having three different, four different prosecutors. They all have to know their stuff. Like you spend what eight, nine, however long in law school, but not to mention you have to know these medical terms. You have to know what you know these arteries are supposed to do. Like you have to study and research all this stuff where your team does, and you have to speak it and believe like you know what you're talking about it's, just, it's, it's it's interesting to hear so but you did you know you you alluded to something uh earl as far as you know while this is going on literally 10 minutes maybe less down the road um dante Wright, you know gets pulled over for having the air freshener dangling from his mirror and I don't know how that, you know, getting pulled over having an air freshener dangling from your mirror leads to your death. And there's a couple other things that transpired in there, but none of enough serious enough to lead to a death. Um, what's the lady? The Kim Potter, 26-year vet, uh, and the head of the, her union, her police union. Um, if you haven't seen the video, it's out there. But, you know, she... You know, they're having a struggle with with Dante, and she, you know, she's yelling out "Taser," but she has her gun in her hand. She's gonna tase him, but she fires single shot from her her service pistol and kills him. And she uh, allegedly thought that it was her her Taser. Now I'm not a smart man, but I've seen the Tasers that they wear. One is yellow, and and the pistol is black. Taser's yellow, pistol's black. Weight difference was probably the same, a little different. And you both, they both have safeties. 
So they're, they're, before you fire a shot, there's enough to go through. There's enough checkpoints before you get there. But, you know, under duress, who knows what, what can happen. So let's – another one. Let's just go through – you know, go through the guys. How, how do you feel? Let me let me hit this one first. I, I literally just got through um, – I just got through talking to Ma Dukes about this one. Um, so from my understanding, she also had um, – she had two two officers with her that she was training, right? Uh, from my understanding, the training was also really not all that great because she had them step out the car next to the door where typically you get stuck. When they ask you to step out of the car, they tell you to go where? To the back of the car so that you can't do exactly what was happening. So, she, so as far as training other officers this is kind of like where we're talking about the bad posture of what one is doing is now giving this away to others and this is what leads into these situations where he would maybe he would have just took off like running which again still doesn't mean that you should shoot him maybe that would have gave her enough time to really reach for a taser or something else um you know the other thing with that is i, I guess i guess I'm, I'm having a hard time of understanding what what does it cost the police officers to lose somebody well first of all before we even get to that because that's gonna be a little too deep he had expired tags and the reporter at the at the at the scene um at the at the report when the when the dude was up there talking was like do you realize how long it takes for you to get stuff from the dmv especially during COVID. yeah and he was just like yeah he was like, so why would you pull somebody over for that when you know that that's probably one of, first of all, that's probably already, you know, a thing for that. Secondly, the air freshener, if you're doing a training stop, like that's the one you want to do it on, like a, because it's a distraction is because anything considered in your rearview mirror is a distraction, which by law is still, you know, whatever they can pull you over for it. But you want to be that petty about it. This is this is just the things that you're exerting over a situation. Um, but yeah, man, I don't know. I just, you know, when, when did somebody, and maybe it's just because I'm from LA and we have more police chases than a little bit over like more deadlier shit. You know what I'm saying? Like what, what do you lose that he got in his car and he left when you ran his tag? So it's not like you can't find him possibly Absolutely. or the fact that he's not going to, and if he's 20, he's scared. You got three officers on his, on his car. You got three when typically the one pulling over, it's just one. Even if you call for backup, it's two. But you got three police officers for this 20-year-old young-ass kid, and you don't think that he's going to be nervous. Even if he has a warrant or not, anybody's still going to be nervous with three officers pull up to their car. But like I said, this is this goes back to what Earl was saying. Like this, this So then this trial is going to happen if there is a trial. And then what am I what what am I really sitting here hoping to expect from all of this? It's hard to convict a police officer. That that's everyone says that. Every time a cop's on trial, it's hard to convict him. But before I say that, I think somebody said this. It was a slogan, maybe written on somebody. It says that civilians are supposed to act under restraint, but then police officers aren't held to that standard when they're trained to. I'll go. 
Okay. Like, I think it was Trevor Noah. Had, he had a uh, either he went live or he gave like a five minute monologue on it, and he pointed out that sure, we know that mistakes can happen. Mistakes, you know, do happen. But even when it's a mistake, if one of us do something that costs someone else their life, we still end up having to pay the price for that. The difference in these cases, you know, with these police officers, with what is it, the qualified immunity and all that, like it makes it so difficult to actually convict them, you know, it's if we're not holding everyone to the same standard, it's this, this kind of stuff is going to keep happening. You know what I mean? Like that's the, the thing that kind of stands out to me. Cause how, how long had this woman been in the force? Wasn't she like a 26 year old, like a 26 year yep. vet or something like that? Like, yep. bro, if I'm at a job for 26 years, like I'm working at crooked crab for 26 years, and I do something that causes every single tank to explode, I'm pretty sure Earl's still firing me. You know what I mean? Like, it's still like, just because I was there for 26 years, you make a mistake that like that, you still got to suffer the repercussions. So it it's one of those things where when you have these police officers out here, like they don't, especially if they're if they're scared, Bro, and they don't even have to, they're not worried about, you know, anything, any repercussions from their actions. Like, that you still want to think about it. Because the whole point is that we've got multiple instances now, like, over just in a short period of time, where a person of color has been killed for something that is not a weapon. And you have these instances of these white terrorists who are fully armed leaving the scenes of these crimes in handcuffs still alive. So, you know, it's, there's, there's disconnect that we're all seeing. And like Earl had mentioned earlier, like what, like, what is it going to actually take? You know what I mean? Like, that's where we're at. Like, Cause it's, we're no longer at the point where we can just like, just be talking about change and hoping for change. Like there needs to be action, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean like but like chris mentioned even with like all the the white terrorists how many more mass shootings do we have to have before you know before something before we do anything about gun control i mean yeah. right. it's it's frustrating and I, I think she actually resigned or she stepped down um from her job which okay yeah. um but you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. This is another one where you, you expect something and, you know, we'll just, we'll wait and see. It, it's always tough how these things go. Absolutely. Um, there was also uh, an army, um, a lieutenant um, in Virginia, and I forgot to find the graphic when it says, look, this has been a busy week. And I absolutely, this is one story I kind of forgot to cover. Um, but you know, I can we, I can do. We can just go over this real quick. Which is, I mean, the army guy. Uh, I think he was in the army. Uh, he gets pulled over for uh, the paper tags being expired or no tag in the bag. He just bought his car, but 
the video picks up. He's at a gas station in uniform. And these two cops got the guns out already, ready to go. And they're just, I mean, they're creating a hostile situation. Like the situation is, I mean, it's it's intense. Like, and that is what is going that's that if I'm hearing that and they're at me, like I'm I'm already gonna get on the defensive. Like, I don't want to get out of the car. You got two guns pointing at me, you know, and then they're not telling this guy why he's being pulled over. My again, he's in uniform, like. He's he's active duty, and they 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 uh, pepper spray him. They tell him, yeah, you should be scared to get out of the car. Like you know, they just in entice, like antagonizing this dude. Um, take him out the car. I don't know if they actually. I can't remember if they tase him up, but I know they they get him forcefully on the ground. This happened in December, and it's just mm-hmm. I don't know who this guy's. A lot of this stuff is not starting to add up, and I want to go back to maybe a couple years ago where. The military had an issue with somebody who played professional football taking a knee during the national anthem because it was disrespect to the military. But he was taking a knee for racial injustice and the killing of unarmed, you know, black men or black people. Mm-hmm. And here we are with someone in military uniform, active duty, getting taken down by. These police officers, they're not carrying that he's in uniform. So it, it's starting to be like, okay, well, what is it? You know, a lot to digest there. Yeah. Uh, and his name is uh, Caron Lozario. That was crazy because you, the dude, the cop who. I guess they act like they actually fired or he, he lost his job or whatever. This dude literally was saying stuff along the lines of like, you're going to ride the lightning and like shit like that. Like really bro. Like you as a police officer, it's just cool to be, you know, got your gun out on someone from a traffic stop. And I mean, honestly you heard that, he drove a little ways down the road so he could pull over in a well-lit area. Yep. Yep. And that ended up working out to his advantage because there's no question with the video. Um, and so, yep. it, but it's one of those things. It's like, bro, because there is a video, there can be some repercussions. Think about all these other instances that are happening that there's n- no video to go back on. Like, you know, different outcomes, bro. And that shit is, it's nuts. Yep. This is tough, bro. Like, we just, at this point, man, it's like, I'm I'm looking for a positive shit to talk about. I'm looking, you know, like, I'm... I'm Coming shortly. Right. Next two minutes. Uh, I get that. You know, but, <laughs> I, again, you know, I, I think I, I stopped watching the news way back when. Uh, I mean, you kind of know what's out there. You know what's happening. I mean, people are going to say, like, why would you not watch the news and know what's going on? You know what's going on out there. As long as you're protecting your home front and doing the things that you need to do on a positive note, like, it just is what it is. But it gets to the point where you're just like, damn, like, how much more? And like you said, it it was a lot that went on this week. And here we are trying to, on a Thursday, you know, kind of highlight, you know, something that is positive, you know, Earl's business, the whole nine. And it's, you know, these are the things that, 
maybe it's kind of a question I'll ask them later on. It's just like a damper, right? Because sometimes this stuff can wear on you as a person, and yet you're still having to maintain a whole business and, you know, kind of not let the outside world affect you. But sometimes it just gets overbearing. And we're not even talking about personal life. We ain't even got to what, <laughs> what you deal with on the individual level. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. Yep. Right. Um, we can, let's, let's shift the narrative. Let's shift. It's good, good, good debate. Uh, but yeah, so if you're just joining us, uh, we have Earl, Earl Holman from uh, the Crooked Crab Brewing Company. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, so Earl, uh, let me see. I'm going to start, I'll let CB start with the first question. You know, he, he was the one who got you here. So CB, kick it off. Let me, let me start before, before he, he kicks off. I just want to say that uh, Chris is, I mean, he talks a lot about sports. He talks a lot about shoes, uh, you know, current events and everything else, but don't get me wrong. The dude knows his craft beer. Uh, he's one of my OG craft beer homies. I mean, we've gone on road trips together to Tampa, to Boston, to Vermont, to go to beer festivals and visit breweries. So the, the dude, uh, he, he's one of the OG uh, beer homies of mine. Okay. Yeah, man. Um, and that's so many fun memories from our like early twenties before like life really came at us uh, hard. Um, but I guess, so my first question will be um, before even getting to starting a brewery and all that stuff, where was the, go over the stories from college about how the original idea for Crooked Crab came up. Yeah, so um, it beer has always been a passion of mine for sure. And um, you know, when I was in college, I liked to drink beer. Um, you know, I I wasn't you know when when we went to bars, I was drinking beer, and everybody else is taking shots or you know taking mixed drinks or whatever. And I was like the beer guy, right? Um, so when I first turned twenty one. I went to a liquor store to go buy beer. That was like one of the first things I wanted to do, right? So I go, uh, I'm looking at at the wall of beer and there's all kinds of styles. I mean, there's like Hefeweizens and India Pale Ales and Saisons and all this random stuff. And it's like a foreign language to me. I mean, I had no idea. And I thought I was like the beer guy and it's like, I didn't know anything about it, um, but I wanted to learn. So I, I just started drinking as as much as I could get my hands on. Um, I started a bottle cap collection just as like an excuse to try new things. Um, and I kind of found out like what I like and what I don't like. Mm -hmm. And and I really discovered a, a love for beer. Um, and then one of our mutual friends, um, Chris Bam, he started homebrewing and he was like, yo, it's actually pretty easy. You should try it. Um, so I, I bought a kit, I started homebrewing and I, I made some pretty good beer and, and, you know, it was just for fun. It was something that I did like on the weekends. And, um, yeah, I just thought like, if I could do this for a living, you know, something that I'm just having fun with, if I could make a living out of that, that would be awesome. Um, I never thought it would really actually like turn into something. Um, at that point it was just, you know, like a hobby of mine. Um, and then uh, my two partners at, at Crooked Crab, Alex and Dan, I met them at University of Maryland. Um, we're all Terp grads. 
And uh, I was just having beers with them one day at a small brewery in Rockville. And I was like, I just threw it out there like, hey, what do you guys think about starting a brewery? And um, they didn't think it was a crazy idea, surprisingly. So we just kind of went from there. And a few years later, I, I quit my job and I went full time. And now I'm, I'm living the dream. Nice. What um, what goes into crafting a beer? What do you, you know? What are all the elements? What do you have to consider? So, um, there's a lot of different aspects to it. For us, um, you know, we don't specialize in any one specific style. Um, that's one of the things that we try to pride ourselves on at Crooked Crab is we kind of have a very diverse um, set of beers all the time um you know we are a, a very community focused brewery we're a brewery for our hometown odenton um for anne arundel county in maryland and um i like to think that every single person that walks through the door into crooked crab no matter if you're a hardcore beer drinker if you don't know anything about beer at all uh, if you're a wine drinker whatever you know, no matter what your taste no matter what your palate i can find something for you um, and, and the thing that I like about beer is that it's so diverse. I mean, you can have such a wide spectrum of styles and flavors. Um, you know, most people, when they think about beer, they think about crappy light beer, you know, um, macro, you know, the, the Bud Lights and Miller Lights, yep. but that's, you know, when people tell me that they don't like beer and then I ask them, what have you had? And that's what they tell me. I say, okay, well, guess what? I don't like that either. Um, so it's, you, you just saying that you don't like beer because you've had Bud Light before doesn't it doesn't mean you've you've tried everything. Um, so I, I like to to expose people to it, try some different things. I mean, we have just literally on tap right now. We have a a sour that tastes like Hawaiian Punch, and we have a dessert stout that tastes like a like a caramel chocolate sundae. Um, it, and it's just it's such a fun. Um, space to play around in and and you can do so many things with with just four ingredients so it's it's a, it's a lot of fun that's interesting that you uh bring that up because um i'll go ahead and put myself out i mean i'm not a beer drinker um one i used to uh again this maybe call me old-fashioned the beer drinker in me just i used to think of like a real big pot belly just you know like homer simpson just where you could sit the beer right on the you know on your belly type deal um but somebody introduced me to like i said laugh about it uh blue moon right and it was just not so much the blue moon but also making sure you have the orange pill in there to get that you know so then that's when i started kind of getting into understanding not just like wine, it, it tastes goes with certain things that the beer also does the same. Um, shout out, and I don't think he's on here, but you know, my boss definitely does the the home brewery stuff, like typically around like the holiday stuff, you know, but um, that he kind of like led me into understanding like there's different flavors, different ways that you can put certain beers with. Um, I guess my question for you is again, based upon how you make them, how do you, uh, like initiate that with somebody who's not really a beer person? Do you tell them to go look, you know, to just to try it? Like, you know, now they got the flights, right? Right. You get the flights, you can understand the different ones. Or is there a certain brand that you said, well, let's, you know, maybe focus on this if you like this type of the beer. Right. So I get people that come into our tap room all the time that, um, 
don't like beer or they say that they don't like beer um, or, you know, they're they're with somebody that likes beer um, and they're just kind of there. Um, and I usually just ask them, what do you like? period. Like, what do you like to drink? And, you know, we have a, a coffee stout that literally tastes like coffee. So I ask you like, Hey, do you like coffee? If the answer is yes. Okay. Take a little sip of this. What do you think? Um, you know, we have a, you mentioned blue moon. We have a beer called furious George. It's a Hefeweizen that, um, is very banana forward. So it's, and it's a, it's a wheat beer, same as blue moon. And it's just very, it's a very good summery wheat beer. So I, you know, we have a light beer that's a Kolsch. Um, it's kind of the most, the, the closest thing to what most people associate with beer. Um, so I just, you know, I like to give people little samples. You mentioned flights. That's a great way um, to kind of explore and try different things. And you never know. Um, it's funny, my my wife at first, um, when I was trying all this all this beer, whenever she had an IPA, IPAs are, are hoppy, they're bitter, right? And she had one and was like, oh, this is gross. I don't like it. Um, so one day I was just sitting down, I cracked open a triple IPA. So it's like super extreme. I mean, this is like 10 and a half percent alcohol, all the hops in it. And she was like, interested. she saw it and was like, oh, I want to try that. And I was like, well, you don't like IPAs. You're going to hate this. Like, this is all of the hops in this beer. And she tried it and was like, that's actually pretty good. I kind of like that um, because it had the, the higher the ABV of the beer, the more sweetness it has. So even if you don't like IPAs, you can try a double IPA or a triple IPA. You might like that. Um, and depending on what hops are in it, it can taste kind of fruity um, or like citrus. So um, yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a fun um, beverage because it, there's so many different flavors you can get out of it. So, you know, there's so many breweries in the United States. There's actually more in the United States now than in our entire history that we've ever had. I think during during World War II, we were down to like five breweries or something like that. It was it was all just like industrialization, and you know, everything was consolidating around you know, Anheuser Busch and all these you know massive breweries. And right now um, we're up to, I think there's like 8,700 breweries in the United States. It's crazy. I mean, they're like popping up everywhere. Um, so no matter where you live, there's probably a local brewery like within a stone's throw of you. And there's probably breweries close to you making pretty good beer. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, at the end of the day, if you try everything and still don't like it, okay, but at least you're educated at that point. And you know, you, you know that you don't like it, but I, I usually can find something that, that people enjoy just because it's such a wide variety of styles. Uh, Michael Crowder Jones asks, um, says he wants to try the, the Hawaiian punch beer. Um, do you, do you ship, ship your products? Um, so we, we distribute to um, bars and, and beer and wine stores in Maryland and in DC. Um, I know some of you guys are in Northern Virginia. We're not out there yet. Um, but yeah, anywhere, pretty much anywhere in Maryland, that's a, a, a better craft beer store. Um, they'll get cans of ours, but the, uh, best place for sure to, to get our beer is obviously in our tap room. Have you ever changed a person, customers, I'm assuming mind about beer because beer can be nasty. <laughs> 
Yeah, I have. I've I've converted a few people for sure. My wife being one. Um, I was going to say definitely Katie. <laughs> yeah, she. Um, you know, she, like she, she didn't like IPAs at first, even. Um, like I mentioned that earlier, and I, you know, IPAs because of the hops, it's it's similar to wine, where it's kind of an acquired taste. Where like the more you drink it, the more you get used to it, and and you appreciate it. Um, I, I, one of my proudest moments was she went to a happy hour with like a bunch of her coworkers and she told me, Oh, I ordered an IPA at the bar today. I'm like, <laughs> yes, that's awesome. Um, so that was a win, but yeah, I mean, even people that come into our tap room, um, I don't want to be like sexist, but there's like guys that bring their girlfriends and the girlfriends don't drink beer. I see this a lot. Um, there are plenty of girls that love craft beer and that's awesome but we get a lot of the, you know, the females that come in with their boyfriends or whatever, they don't like craft beer. Um, and yeah, honestly, stouts are great because they're sweeter. And, you know, we, we've done stouts with like coconut and chocolate. We've done peanut butter stouts. So, I mean, we've like, they taste like dessert. Um, so I can, I can definitely get people interested that didn't think that they were interested in it. Talk about the um, the shift from going, you know, from being, you know, a beer consumer. Um, and, you know, we're talking about all these breweries, um, you know, these are our favorite beers, all this kind of stuff. And now you're in that world. And just talk about, like, the different experience that it is now actually going from just being a consumer to being you know, a peddler of your own product. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely an interesting dynamic. Um, so there's, a, there's a beer app called untapped that you can like check in your beers and you can rate them. And, um, yeah, I, I was, a and I still am a big user of this app. As Chris mentioned, as a consumer, I was really big on it, you know, checking in beers, rating them, whatever. And now that I see it from the other side, I'm like, I hate these people, like all these jerks checking in our beers and, you know, they'll, somebody will check in like a sour and they'll give it one star and they're like, ew, I don't like sours. It's gross. Um, I'm like, well, don't try the beer then. You know, if you, if you know, you don't like something that's sour, don't try a sour, but um, yeah, it's frustrating. And the other thing too is that's interesting is like I, I have to balance as a business owner, I have to balance like what I want to drink versus what the consumers want, right? And um, you know, I, I like double IPAs and I like stouts and sours, but we get people that come in that want a light beer. So we have to make light beer, you know? Um, so it, it's it's kind of finding a balance of of what sells and also what we want to drink too. Um, let's talk about this right here. I went to your website. Uh, got, I mean, your marketing game is, is on point. Like the colors pop, uh, your names are, you know, entertaining and pretty good. Let's just run through these. Just, uh, let's talk about these beers you have right here. Sure. So those are our um, some of our year-round beers, or some of our uh, beers that we have most most of the time. Um, I, I want to give a shout out to our our artist Chris Bishop. He's a um, like the a graphic designer for PBS Kids, 
Um, he does all of our can art and you know it has a very fun like cartoony kind of vibe which is really cool and that's one thing i'll say like even if you're not into beer at all um check out like our instagram or check out our website because so the can art is really cool it's really fun um and it definitely helps us stand out a lot like when you see our cans like on a sh on a shelf in a beer store um, they kind of sell themselves but um yeah so those are just some of the beers that we have um you know, all the time, uh, or most of the time, I should say. We started rotating some of those, but. Um, you got one here? Yeah, so, yeah, so. Uh, I'm, I'm always going to be one to, to ask the question that nobody else wants to ask. I don't care. Um, well, one, wh where'd the name come from as far as the uh, the name of the, the, the company? And then um, what was the nastiest beer that you made that you were just like, there's no way in hell that I'm about to like, or, and now, like you said, you got business partners, right? So you got two others that, you know, what's the one where like you like, clearly, you know, your, your taste bud and what you like, they made it, or you guys kind of came together and said, let's try this one. And I'm, I, I can kind of picture you guys in the lab or in the, you know, in the back making these beers. And it's like that moment where, you know, they're excited you might not be all excited because you know it's not going to be good. You taste it, and it's just one of those, like, there's no way in hell we're selling this. Like, there's got to be that story. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the name Crooked Crab came to be because um, – so we wanted to be a, a Maryland brewery. We wanted to have kind of a Maryland name. And, um, you know, we're all born and raised in Maryland. Um the, the first name we came up with was Blue Crab Brewing Company. And we're like, yo, that's awesome. Blue Crabs, that's like a, a purely Maryland thing, right? So uh, we went to get the name trademarked and it got rejected because there's a, a winery in Virginia that makes a brand of wine called Blue Crab Wine. And the, the USPTO doesn't distinguish between beer and wine. It's all just like alcohol to them. So we had to go back to the drawing board, but we liked the the crab thing. Um, so we were just like, I was texting names back and forth with with Dan, and it some of the names were terrible. Honestly, we were like we were scraping the bottom of the barrel, and I I half jokingly texted him, "What do you think about cooked crab?" And uh, he misread the text as crooked crab, and he said, "Oh, crooked crab, that is a great name." I said, yes, uh, that is great. <laughs> um, that's what I meant to say. So that's how the name came to be. Um, it, in terms of beers that we've made or that we haven't been um, super high on. Um, so I guess there's a couple that a couple things I could share. Um, we one thing that we do or that we used to do very regularly every week is uh, something that we call ghost taps where uh, we would take like a keg of beer and then we would infuse ingredients into it um, just to make like a special one off um, kind of beer. And that was a way to like play with new ingredients on a very small scale and just kind of see how people you know, react. And um, some of the ones that we've done have been really good, but some of them have also not been the greatest. Um, we did one that had, uh, I think it was like cucumber and melon or something. And, um, I, you know, I, I didn't really like that. 
Um, anything with peanut butter, personally, I don't like peanut butter. So we've, we've made a couple of those that I just, I can't drink because I don't like peanut butter. Um, but more recently, we actually brewed a beer on our pilot system um, just for fun. We try to brew a low calorie IPA um, just because that's kind of like a craze right now. Everybody's, you know, trying to be health conscious and trying to drink, um, you know, lower calorie stuff. And um, it tasted pretty good all throughout the process. But then like at the very end, just something with it didn't sit right. And, uh, we all tasted it and we're like, no, we don't, we don't like this. So we actually just dumped it. I mean, we couldn't, like, we don't want to sell it. That's the beauty of the pilot system though, right? Like being able to kind of try some newer stuff on a, on a smaller scale. So you're not taking up one of the, uh, like the big tanks and all that stuff. Yeah. hundred percent because, you know, our equipment is huge. So, you know, to, to brew a beer on a big scale, I mean, that's like thousands of dollars and to dump something like that would be like really tough for us. So anything that we put on a big scale is usually very well thought out. And, you know, we feel very confident that it's going to meet the levels of quality that we want it to meet. Um, but the pilot system is like super small. I mean, we, we can buy ingredients for like 40, 50 bucks and throw it in there and, and have fun with it. So that's, um, you know, that's just something that we do to either try, test out new things. You know, we brewed like a hard seltzer on it one time, just, just for fun, just to see if we could. Um, and that's another way to just throw some ingredients in there that we, you know, you don't know if people are going to like it or not. Um, just like a proof of concept kind of thing. So yeah, we, we tried it. It wasn't like a major business loss for us, but. You're on mute. You're on mute, Cleo. My bad. Are you guys <laughs> a, a full service like restaurant? Do you have food there? So we have food trucks. Um, getting a, uh, doing the restaurant thing. We thought about that, but I, personally, like, I don't know anything about running a restaurant. That's like a whole nother business. Right. Um, and then, so if I'm not going to run a restaurant, we got to partner with somebody that's got to run a restaurant. Then you, you're talking about another business partner. You're talking about somebody you got to trust. Um, and then on top of that, there's a whole nother set of, uh, licenses, you know, health department and everything else. So we just went with the food truck route. You know, they just pull up in our parking lot and you know let them deal with all the licenses and whatnot. And that way, we still have food. Um, you know, we can offer food to people. So it works out. But yeah, I mean, we so we've got a tap room. Um, we we have both indoor and outdoor seating right now. Um, you know, we have like anywhere between twelve to. 15 beers on tap at any given time uh, we've got food and the food trucks rotate too so you can like check out our website and see you know what food trucks we have what's your best selling uh, best selling beer is haze for days it's our um it's a new england style pale ale so it's it's hoppy but it's not very bitter um so it's kind of tastes like citrusy grapefruity uh and it's six percent so it's a little bit lower um, ABV. It's a little more sessionable, so people can drink three or four of them before before they start feeling it. Before they got to get carried out. Yeah, we make a few of those beers too that you can maybe have one of before you get carried out. 
<laughs> Damn, that guy's hot. Um, <laughs> but Earl, like, talk to us about um, because obviously you guys were what open for a year or two prior to COVID hitting and like the shutdown and everything. So kind of guide us through what that entire process was like for, for the brewery and what you guys are up to now. Yeah, that was terrifying to be honest. Um, you know, we, like I remember, um, the weekends, like it was, I think it was St. Patrick's day weekend in, in March that everything got shut down and Katie and I were at the beach that weekend, you know, we're supposed to be like unwinding, having, you know, like a relaxing weekend. And then I get word that, Hey, your tap room is going to get shut down like indefinitely. And all the bars and restaurants that you sell beer to, they're also shutting down indefinitely. Um, that was scary, right? Like I'm like full blown panic mode, like trying to figure out, you know, what are we doing? I'm texting people, like Mm -hmm. texting people in the County and the state, like, you know, see what, what's going on. Um, so thankfully, uh, we were deemed an essential business. Thankfully, like people still got a drink, even if they're quarantined at home, right? So the people that make said drinks are still allowed to operate. So that was the first step that we were, we were allowed to continue to make beer. Um, then it would just became like, how do we sell beer? Like, where, you know, where do we, where do we, uh, what's the outlet for it? Um, so before COVID, uh, canning was something that we were doing like very infrequently. You know, we would do it like once a quarter. Uh, we'd put some beer in cans, but during the pandemic, we put all of our beer in cans. Um, you know, we we started canning literally like a hundred percent of our beer. That was the big pivot we made was shift everything towards cans. And because um, liquor stores and beer and wine stores were still open, so we could sell to them. And that opened up like a whole new market that we weren't even servicing before. We weren't even selling to beer and wine stores before. We were selling to bars and restaurants. We were doing draft beer. Um, so we started selling cans and then we were able to keep our tap room open for takeout sales. You know, we were do- able to do like curbside um, so people could order online, come in and pick up their cans and then leave. And thankfully we did enough business that way that we were able to keep all of our employees um, employed both in the back of house and all of our bartenders, we were able to keep employed. Um, so that, that's something that I personally, I'm pretty proud of. One of our bartenders literally bought a house during the pandemic. Like they got mortgage payments, you know what I mean? So like as a, as a business owner, I feel like a, a responsibility to, to keep them employed and keep them you know with a steady paycheck coming um so i you know i feel good that that we're able to you know just it's great that the business is able to succeed but it's even better that all of my employees are able to you know to stay employed and they're able to um, keep their jobs that's awesome Mm -hmm. awesome. so do you see you know i guess what's what's in the future you know for the business is there i mean kind of like the situation with the pandemic almost kind of, you know, like you said, open the avenue to, you know, kind of sell into the stores, you know, with that now kind of being a new kind of stream, do you see, you know, what, what do you guys have planned next coming up for the, for the company, you know, maybe an expansion or just another avenue for, you know, marketing the, uh, you know, the company. Global domination. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, the cans is something that even though, um, 
even though we're so our tap room's open again now um i think i mentioned that earlier which is great so we're not canning 100 percent of our beer anymore because we've got draft beer again in our tap room and bars and restaurants are starting to open back up again so we're starting to sell some draft beer back but the cans were so popular and those avenues that we opened were so popular we can't just ignore those um so the canning is something that we've continued to do every single week um every single beer that we come out with we put in cans um so that's something that we'll continue to do and in terms of expansion uh we did we did buy a new tank um during the the, the middle of the pandemic so we could make more beer um that's something that you know we want to continue to grow um you know i don't think we want to be like nationwide or anything i don't want to get that big you know i personally i'm not i didn't start a brewery to get rich it's not you know there's like a million different businesses you could start if you want to just make a ton of money um i wanted to start a brewery because i love beer and that's just what i want to do for a living um so you know being able to make a product that i'm happy about and you know to be able to talk to people about it um that's that's what's fun for me but yeah, we'll, we'll continue to grow. I, I, you know, I want our beer to be all throughout Maryland. Um, I, I like it when my homies in Montgomery County, you know, they're like, hey, I saw your beer on the shelf. Like, that's really cool. You know, I saw your beer here. Um, so, you know, just getting, getting more of that out. And right now the demand is like way higher than the supply we have. You know, we, relatively speaking, we're still a pretty small brewery. Um, the um, so dogfish head is like a huge brewery that they're like nationwide um everybody's heard of them or most everybody's heard of them the amount of beer that we make in a year is less than the amount of beer they make in one day so like that's insane. like the amount of beer that they make in one day like that's what we do in a year um so just to put things in perspective like we're still pretty small um so but we will continue to grow Wow. Uh, Montgomery County, you can find us. Uh, Downtown Crown in Gaithersburg always has our beer. Those guys are awesome. Um, that's a great store, one of the best in Montgomery County. Um, there's a bunch of spots though. I, I don't, you know, I can't even name all of them. Gillies in Rockville is is a good spot. They carry our beer. Um, Old Town Market in Silver Spring, that's a good store. They carry a lot of our stuff. Um, beers and Cheers. Um, Wow. I think maybe there's a web like on our website. I don't know. I don't know if we have a, a tracker or something, but I would say anywhere that like has craft beer, they probably carry our beer. And if they don't, then you should ask them and then I will sell them some beer. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> now, when you say you're canning every day, or do you actually can in within the tap in the tap room? Yeah, in a in the um in the brewery. So um we use a we don't have our own canning line um but we we use a a mobile canning company called ironheart and they literally like they roll up to our back bay door with an 18 wheeler and they roll out a small like canning line they hook it up to our tank and then the beer will come out and then they'll put it in cans and then they'll label it and then we just throw it on our cold storage and then once everything's done they clean up put it back in there 18 wheeler and then roll out um so we have them come in once a week and they can whatever we have in tanks 
which is pretty cool. CB, um, you got to put in a request to get that Hawaiian uh, tasting beer canned and then sent out to LA so me and uh, the homie Mike can try that and, uh, you know, start pumping that out here. I, I think we could uh, come up with some. Thank you. Just in case y'all didn't see this earlier. <laughs> I'm probably just like right in front of him too. Probably. I mean, because I normally, I try to not go to the brewery if Earl isn't there. Like, <laughs> I, I, I go to the. I've been to the brewery a, a bunch of times, and Earl has not been there every time. But I mean, when you do have a one of your best buddies has his own brewery, you better believe that's where we're hosting like our fantasy football drafts and stuff. Um, you know, like getting wh when the homies haven't been together for a while. Normally, you can be like, "All right, well, that's a good excuse to go to the crab." You know, let, let's get out there and do it. But um, Earl, are you doing uh, crawlers and stuff of the uh, Hawaiian punch or is that in cans too? We've got that in cans. Yeah. So crawlers, um, that's something that we stopped doing as much recently because we started canning more. Makes sense. Um, so, and honestly, cans are like a better format. Like you get more ounces of beer for your money. So it's better mm -hmm. for the consumer to, to buy a four pack than to buy a crawler. The thing that we don't like about crawlers is that, um, you know, we tell people to drink them like within 10 days, um, but then people will sit on them for like six months and they'll get oxidized and then they'll try it and they're like, oh, this is bad. I'm like, well, that beer is like six months old. I mean, it's in a crawler too. Like the, the quality control on, on the crawlers is not amazing where the cans will last a lot longer. So you can have a can that's like six months old probably will still hold up pretty good. Sounds like CB's going to have to take a trip out to um, the brewery and pick up um, some of that Hawaiian punch uh, and, and ship it out to, to E. We I mean, can we can definitely broker this exchange. This is These are things that can happen. Yeah, we can okay. Um, we definitely want to, as we transition, oh, fellas, you got any, anything else before we start to transition? Uh, I would just like to say, uh, hey, you know, what, Earl, um, I've never met you before. You know, if you're a friend of CB's and, you know, you're a good guy. I actually wanted to say, you know, congratulations, really. You know what I mean? And, and what you've created, um, how long you've been able to sustain. And the fact that it's really at the end of the day, it's something that you love and that you took that leap into. I'd rather do Absolutely. something that I love than to sit around and kind of be miserable and, you know, think about it. You know, I think it's a, a testament to just anybody who watches this podcast and people who come around you to know that your story is something that we really should like get out there because people have that passion. And again, it's not like you said, it's not about being the richest or the biggest, you know, brewing company. Um, but ultimately, you can see that you're enjoying what you do. And I think that, you know, is commendable and I appreciate it. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, the, just doing what you love, there's there's something to be said for that. And, you know, I, I was working as a project manager for an IT company before I did this, and I didn't mind it. I, I guess I was good at it. It was it was a job, right? It was a paycheck. But, you know, being able to make beer for a living and talk about beer and drink beer, um, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, definitely. So we want to... We always thank people for, you know, you could be doing anything else right about now, but you're sitting here talking to us, and we just appreciate your time. So, again, everyone, thank Earl for joining us tonight. 
Thank you guys for having me. Um, plug your stuff real quick. Where can we? What's your social media? Or your websites? Where can people find you? Because uh, you got at least seven drinkers now that probably come looking for your stuff. <laughs> yeah, uh, Crooked Crab Beer, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, yeah, we keep it simple. Uh, website is crookedcrabbrewing.com. But yeah, just check us out. And e even if you're not into beer, you know, give us a follow. Just check out the artwork. Check out what we got going on. It's 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 we stay pretty active on social media. I think we do a pretty good job with it. Yeah, definitely. Um, so this is the part where I don't know if CB, did you give the homework assignment out? I did. I did not follow up on whether he completed said homework assignment, but okay. Well, <laughs> you, you know, we can, can he's do... pretty good on the spot, though. This guy's okay. pretty good on the spot. Okay. Depending on how many beers he's had, we'll see. We'll see what we're gonna get. <laughs> I've had um, a few today so far. <laughs> so here's the top three. This is where we ask everyone who comes on the show: your top three movies of all time and your top three albums of all time. We just we just we just enjoy hearing, you know, where people's mindsets are, you know. So let's start with your movies. Okay. Now uh, you want me to go like one to three or three to one? Uh, well, if, if you ranked them, yeah, to go three to one. Um. All right. Top three movies. Um. Number three, I would say, uh, Fast Five. Um. I, I love the Fast and the Furious franchise. Fast Five is the best one. Fight me. Um, the movie's dope. Uh, number two, I would say um, Grandma's Boy. That movie's awesome. Um, that's that's a movie that I can watch like a million times, and it still makes me laugh every single time I watch it. Um, it's a great movie. And uh, number number one for me is Inception. I love that movie. It's like. It makes me think every single time I watch it, it like blows my mind. And I always pick up something new every time I watch it. And I like Leonardo DiCaprio. I think I've seen that movie a bunch of times and it's still I, I'm picking up something new every time. So I like that one a lot. So when people talk about Inception, I always ask about what their take on the ending was. Because, you know, was he back to the the real world or was he still within, you know, one of those layers. Yeah. I, I'd like to think he's back to reality. Um, you know, I, I'm, I like the happy ending, but right. I don't know. I mean, I like that they ended it that way, though, because it's so much intrigue, and it just right. makes you think even more, like, what what just happened? What did I just watch? Exactly. And you can kind of make come up with your own kind of ending in your mind. Like, you know, you can, you can anything. Anything's possible with that, that movie. Right. Yeah. Uh, albums. Um, mm, that one's a little tougher for me, I think. Um, so if, if we're allowed to use mixtapes, then for, for number three, I'm going to say, um, Lil Wayne's drought three is just like peak Wayne. I mean, that was like one of the best albums, like one of the best mixtapes. Um, that was one where like back when that was released, um, you didn't want Wayne to rap on your track because he was just gonna make it his own track. Like um, that one, that at that album was just really good. Um, I'm pretty sure I drop. did the same thing way back at the beginning of the show when me and Phil did like a similar exercise with each other. And I was like, yeah, I might be breaking the rules, but I'm putting a mixtape in there because the drought <laughs> three 
had to be in there. It's an album. Yeah. Okay. It's it is an album. I mean, technically, like yeah. a double album, um, technically. Yeah. Two sides, like so many tracks, and all of them bang. They they're all good. Um, number two, uh, I I have to put um, Hybrid Theory from Lincoln Park. I mean, I, I love I like Lincoln Park a lot. They make a lot of great albums. Meteora is great, but Hybrid Theory is one I just listen to front to back and you like, you know, all the words to all the songs. And, um, you know, when that first came out, I, I like both rap and rock music. And that was one of those, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they're like rapping on <laughs> like, you know, um, I like that hybrid theory is great. And then number one for me, um, you know, my, my favorite artist of all time is Jack Johnson. I love Jack Johnson. I'm a huge Jack Johnson fan. Um, I, in my opinion, his best album is In Between Dreams. So I, I like that. I listen to that one a lot. That's my favorite. I think. Dope, dope. I think we've got six different things that we hadn't gotten already on the show, which is which is amazing. Uh, that's why we asked. It's a tough question. Um, <clears throat> makes you think back over your your lifespan, like uh, things that you just just stick, like. And I think I, I, when my movies, my movies are still the same. It, it may they may rotate in and out, but I don't right now. Then number one for a while has been Shawshank for me. I just think there mm -hmm. to me, there's nothing beating that. Or two and three have rotated, but I think right, Shawshank is always going to be just that one because you you watch it. You got I got the DVD, I got the VHS, and then when it comes on AMC, I'll sit back and watch it still. Still intrigued, right? Um, speaking of intriguing, so Meryl, this is where E Rich is going to. This is the is it just E segment? So if feel free to if you if you got to cuss him out because I've been privy to what he's about to. I don't know what he's going to say, but I know the picture he asked me to post. So <laughs> if you feel whatever you feel is on your heart. Go right at him, and this this is you know this is just E segment to E's opinion and what's going on in E's mind. Sometimes we agree, sometimes we don't. But already, so you know, I wanted to keep the theme of the you know Earl being on the show with the you know the beer um, that you know we keep that 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 same energy in in the is it just E? Um, now clearly there are. Uh, again, there's just too many bears just to say, you know, what is what. Um, so I decided on this picture, right? Only this picture um, to not single out the one that I am going to single out. Um, however, uh, and Earl, you know, matter of fact, I want Earl to be the first one to chime in after this, right? Um, this is strictly from the earlier years. I'll say this, right? But is it just E <laughs> or is Coors Light the worst fucking beer out there? And I mean that it tastes like copper. It tastes like steel. It tastes like you just had some whatever the fuck the can is made of. And yes, I'm cussing like all of that stuff. I swear <laughs> to God, I feel like it is ingested. It's infused because you use the word infused into Coors Light. Now, again, I would have said Coke 45, but there's not a lot of people on here that don't know about Coke 45. <laughs> that shit's horrible as well. But Coors Light, I swear, it 
somebody pissed in it. It's the can just it starts to disintegrate. It tastes like I, I'm done. I'm just saying. <laughs> I believe that that is the worst tasting beer. And I'm and I'm sure I'm wrong because, like you said, we've you know people don't like certain ones, but that one just damn. Like I just it's it's not even. I'm I'm looking over that if I see it. <laughs> We should put that on a Coors Light commercial. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I'm I'm not gonna sit here and and like agree or disagree with you. Uh, honestly, everyone's tastes are subjective. Um, I've had I've had beers that I like a lot worse than than Coors Light. Um, I I'm not gonna sit here and defend it. Like I'm not I'm not a Coors Light fan. Um, to me, it just kind of tastes like water. It doesn't really taste like anything to me. Um, but I've, I've had some beers that actually taste pretty foul. So <laughs> I, I'm just going to leave it at that. For me, Heineken is, is my least favorite beer of all time. I hate Heineken. I just, I can't drink it. I don't know. It tastes skunky every time I have it. I remember, uh, this is probably like we were either still in college or right after college. And this was when Earl was in his like bottle cap stage. So it was just, we were just trying new stuff all the time. So we could just have new bottle caps. And that was our way of um, normalizing our alcoholism. And I remember Earl got like a bunch of red stripes maybe. Um, and this is, I'm not saying that red stripes was bad. Uh, but what I'm saying was that it was just a memorable time because we had never had it before so it was like yo is it supposed and this was just new beers in general is it supposed to taste like this i remember being at a party Coors Light, and this is like i don't even know if we were 21 at this point uh if the ops are on here yeah we were totally 21 but um <laughs> i remember we were at a party playing beer pong and all this stuff and someone brought in a Coors Light 30 pack and I hadn't really drank a bunch of cores. And I remember being like, yo, this is trash. Like, this is not good. But nowadays, like, it's just like kind of Earl said, the palates have changed a little bit. And it does, it's almost just like drinking water compared to most of the other beers that uh, we would drink on a regular basis. So, but it, I remember early in the game, not a fan of the silver bullet. That was not, that was not my thing. One thing also I, that I, I forgot to mention is the worst beer I've ever had. Um, this is still, I was in the, the bottle cap stage where I'm like drinking everything that I can that's just new. Um, my family, we went on a family vacation to the, um, the Virgin Islands and I went to a beer store there and they had this beer called Dragon Stout and it had this like awesome dragon on the la on the bottle cap. I'm like, well, I got to buy that, right? It's like, that sounds awesome or the bottle cap looks awesome i don't know if i'm gonna like the beer uh i tried it it was the worst tasting beer i've ever had so i poured <laughs> it out into the drain and as i'm pouring it out chunks came out of of the bottle oh. like into the sink and i'm like yeah i i'm glad that i didn't actually you know force that down that was the the worst one that i've ever had yeah shouldn't Still be chewing works. your beer yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I still have the bottle cap though. Um, so our boy uh, E from the OT show, who also does a podcast, Bros Beer and Whiskey. Me and him are supposed to make a trip to the crab sometime, so he can uh, he can get his crab cherry pop. 
Um, you at with it, man? I don't know. I mean, it, it could be down there. I don't know. Like, I, I haven't had it enough against other stuff to make it the worst. I don't. So, um, I think I need, I need to go visit the crab and I actually need to figure out what what it is that I do like. I need to talk to the expert Earl to to get me right and figure out what my palate is to get to give beer a real chance. I mean. If we're talking A and W versus Bargs, I mean, hands down, A and W is going to win that battle. But, um, but no, seriously, I, I need to go visit the crab and um, and get her to to hook me up and figure out where it is with the line because everything I've had, I mean, it just kind of runs together. I mean, I know I've had um, an IPA and it tastes completely different from actually. E hooked me up with the IPA with that delicious dinner that one night. Um, so that actually had some flavor in it, but then I've had the, you know, the Coronas and I've had the Heineken. So I need, I need something to differentiate, to expand this palate and, and to figure out what it is I actually do like. Yeah. So this, and this is why this was an interesting kind of take on it. I mean, especially because awesome. your, your marketing, it makes you just draws you in. You're like, Oh my God, he, these yellow cans are rigged. Like I gotta try it. That Oreo, you had a, uh, an Oreo stout, right. That you did. Yeah. CB was talking about that last year. Show yeah. me pictures of a bunch of pumpkins. In the, <laughs> and so I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to try it. I'll say at a high level that anything that you can find in like any beer store, any gas station ever, like that's probably not going to be super quality. Um, you know, the, those that's just like mass produced, you know, the <laughs> cheapest ingredients possible. Um, so yeah, like all of, all of, that's what most people associate with beer too, which is a shame. Um, but like any small local independent craft brewery is probably pumping out something that's, um, you know, worth drinking. I, and one thing that I'll say about Coors Light is um, I hadn't had it in like a really long time. And I went to a uh, Maryland football game with my parents um, this was like years after I graduated. I hadn't had Coors Light in a long time. And um, they had Coors Light at the stadium. I don't know why I got one, um, probably because they didn't have anything else. And I did think it was really, really poor. Um, it was hard for me to finish. <laughs> uh, e, you got a couple questions. Uh, what's your favorite? You said your worst. So what's your favorite? I, I'm like I said because I'm not a big beer drinker like that because I still need to find the the lane. Uh, I, I stick to my Blue Moon uh, at the present moment. Um, but you know, after this is over, I'll you know talk to Earl and have him guide me down some some other pathways of the. Because I, I, I guess for me, it's the wheat beer uh, that that I'm into. So you know, I'll have him uh, tell me some some pointers of, you know, what to go try just to kind of, and I think that's what it all comes down to, right, is him now understanding if that's what I like, he can give the suggestions based upon, you know, that, and that's where it starts, like I said, it's, other than just trying it or doing a flight, which I'm, I, I'm not even gonna lie to you, I'd be nervous as hell when I see beer that looks like coffee, like, when it's that dark, <laughs> I'm like, there's, there's, there's one or two things that's gonna happen, I'm gonna frown my face, and it's going to be the nastiest shit, or I'm going to be shit faced after drinking this small glass of whatever is in here that I clearly can't see at the bottom of the cup. Like it's just what it is. Those stouts will get you right. 
What was the chunks of as we as we finish up the questions? I think it was it was yeast, most likely. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's bad. But Blue Moon is a hey, that's a gateway beer. I mean, I tell everybody that like that's if you if you like Blue Moon, that's a first step into really diving in. I mean, and I was there too. Like I I moved from light beer to Blue Moon to you know drinking everything under the sun. Yeah. Right. Um, so, so asking for a friend who has a kid, um, do you brew or, or do you make your own like root beers or non-alcoholic uh, beers for the kids? Like, I mean, I'm assuming people bring their kids there that they want to, you know. We don't. We don't do non-alcoholic beers. We do have soda and um, Capri Sun <laughs> for for kids if they come. But um, we also have a uh, a chalkboard wall like in our tap room that we let people That's draw on. Um, so, you know, kids have fun with that and something that we just started doing recently, you know, our can art, because our can art is so fun. I asked our artists like, Hey, what if we did, um, coloring book pages with, uh, with some of our can designs and he started coming up with some of those. So we literally have like coloring pages and we have like crayons that you get it like, you know, like a, you know, restaurant or whatever. And we give them to parents that bring their kids like, Hey, yeah, like, this will keep your kid occupied. Give them a coloring book with the, you know, with some crayons. And then we'll start, like, we hang some of them up on the wall if we like them. Nice. Uh, this is how we keep CB occupied. All right. Again, so this is the last transition of the show. We are now at For the Soul. Um, as you stated earlier, Earl, um, you know, you know we're sneakerheads. Um, so yeah, this is where we're going to talk about shoes, the shoes we want to spotlight. CB, what's the cop drop of the Um, before I actually get into the copper drop, I, it really kills me, E, like, because not only do you have the chop in that intro, but in the new intro to the show, you got like this little, <laughs> yo, that shit kills me, man. <laughs> I love that shit. Oh, um, you're on a full party mode. Right, right. Exactly. Um. But so the copper drop that we are talking about this week, uh, these are dropping on April 23rd. These are, or they drop today if you were uh, lucky enough to get sneakers early access. But the uh, SB Dunk High Pro Hawaii, these, um, I'm pretty sure at least one of us on here, it's an instant Instacop um, just on principle. But um, it's got like the cool floral theme um, on the, like on the outer layer, but what's dope is that it wears away and there's another design 
underneath. That's what the um, second so, picture was. So it's oh. so it's one of those shoes that has layers to it. Um, the insoles are really dope with uh, some some specific like Hawaiian inspired imagery. Um, so I think I mean these are you know it's ever since last year the dunks have been super hot, right? So uh, this is definitely an attempt to cop. I can't imagine I'm going to because uh, sneakers luck hasn't really been there for the normal drops for me this year. But for me, this is a cop, and it would be a cop to keep. These joints are dope. Cop. Off principle. Off principle. Just off principle. Would you actually take them back to Hawaii and rock them? I would. But so I saw – there was another picture where it looked like it was two snaps. I was like, oh, wow, the left shoe was this, the right shoe was that. Then I was like, oh, wait a minute. As I got further down, I thought there was just two different releases on one foot. But this is one release with the stuff that rubs off. The second layer of the shoe is actually doper than this. <laughs> right. Damn. I mean, it encourages you to wear it. And, you know, like we yeah. talk about, wear your kicks. Wear like your we're kicks. not, you know, okay. you we're, we're not out here just letting them sit. Earl, if you had a chance at these. I think that's a really interesting concept that it like wears off into a different layer. I, I don't know if that's like, is that a thing? Is that a normal thing? It's a know. newer thing. Yeah, I that's, would say. that's yeah. definitely it. Because I know like a lot of people, you know, they'll just like collect sneakers, right? And then you never like actually wear them. You don't want to wear them out because you don't want to mess them up or anything. Like that's that's kind of cool. Um, I don't know. I would I would cop that. Nice. Oh, uh, yeah, this is definitely a cop. You know, I got to, you know, I got to represent for my other side of the family. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah. And, and like you said, just the, the concept of the, the shedding of that that initial print. Man, that thing is like. <laughs> Dope. Um, so let's do. All right. Who's up for For the Soul? Let me go first. Um, Earl, did you bring. Anything oh, for right. the, the, the soul where this is normally the segment of the show where we will highlight something that's in our collection or something like that. Did you come to play with anything? Well, how about what I'm drinking right now? There you go. <laughs> that's good enough. Hold on. Let me, let me get you right. So this is a beer we just released today. It's called Pot Reference. <laughs> um, it's a beer we did um, in advance for the upcoming holiday of 420. Um, this is a beer that we brewed with like super dank hops. Um, so it smells like weed. Um, it's a pretty fun beer to be honest. And we also hit this with some pineapple puree. So it's like a, it's like a dank pineapple kind of thing going on. Um, a lot of, a lot of breweries do, um, they release beers around 420. There's a lot of, a lot of brewers are potheads. Um, there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of beers that like have weed references in them, so we just kind of like poked fun at that. So there's like flower pots on the on the label. This is like a a, a crab pot in the middle. Um, so we just called it pot reference, but it's a, it's our 420 beer. It's it's pretty dank. Um, I'm I'm enjoying it as we speak. Nice. Most people don't realize that those like hops, which are essential to beer, and that plant are closely related cousins. Yeah, so they're like, actually the the close um, cannabis is the closest plant to hops. Um, they're actually like in the same like 
genus or whatever it is. Um, they're pretty close. People getting educational on this show. I don't think you can smoke hops, though, unfortunately. <laughs> I don't know but. how that would work out for anybody. Um, who's up next? Cleo, I'm assuming you want to run Anchor Leg. I mean, I can. I, I mean, I can, I can, you know, you know what? Let me, I'll do it right now. Um, so, StockX, of course. Ooh. Ooh. Right. Now, what's inside the mystery box? Okay. So these are the crimson lows. So these, this is actually a pink. Mm -hmm. Um, I had no idea these released, but uh, so the lighting is, my spotlight is killing the yellow, the pink. But this is a yeah. So it's not a white. It's a. It's a like some Easter there vibes. There you go. There's the color. So can't go wrong with the lows, man. Nope. Um think I'll size them with some uh sail laces. And uh we'll uh, the bottom is all black. And we'll call it a day. Can't go wrong with that. Oh, you getting ready, okay. Ready. Uh don't don't mind the box. <laughs> Gotta look like look like it went through a little something up there. <laughs> But um, yeah, these uh, these are actually an outlet cop that just happened on the way back to the crib, and uh, I would like to say that these were definitely uh, there's there's no way that I would have ever would have thought that these would have been sitting in the outlet somewhere. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I Ouch. you got different outlets on the West Coast, bro. Damn. Ouch. It, they, listen, they had they had these. They had the uh, the alternative Bel Airs. They had a, a LeBron. I can't remember what number it was, but when I tell you, I saw him up there just sitting, and I was like, "Oh, that must be a display." So I asked, I was like, well, "Where did y'all did sell that shoe?" He was like, "Yeah, we only got a few, of, you know, up front." Ouch. And I'll I'll, I'll put this out there that uh. I'm not the only one that came up on a pair like this. Uh, Patty Cake Piper also came up on the same pair. So I, I thought it wasn't going to take all the shine, but uh, yeah. And uh, I'm literally about to go pull out a pair of shoes I got today. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I'm, about to, I'm about to go get this box. No, I'm not to do it. Right now. I, we'll, we'll save it, but I, I feel like I need to show. I mean, because those are literally one pair with two different. Colors. I feel like I have to show another shoe now because keeping up with a different color. Nice. Those are dope. Dope, dope, dope. I know you wanted them. I'm dope that you got them. Thanks. That's crazy. That's sick. Um, so these joints, we got a uh, standard black Ooh. Nike box. Um, so the company that I work for now literally... I started the weekend after my, or the right after my birthday. My birthday was on the weekend and uh, Monday I'm starting this new job. And so us as a group, we did, we did some, we did a wine festival on Saturday. And then for my birthday, we did a beer festival out in Frederick at, for my birthday. Mm -hmm. And the beer festival that we went to 
was uh, it was like the beer and bacon festival or something like that. And so that's just to elude. Oh, come on now. Come on now. Come on. Uh, no, I did. He just. Uh, oh, they came in. The prices on these are great. So I didn't feel bad about it at all. Still got the stock X tag on there, but got the, the bacon release. So got the, the pink and the reds and the, the browns on there. Um, haven't copped a pair of 90s in a little bit. Like the, I got the infrareds when those re-released. But I will say I'm very impressed with these uh, Nike like Air Max re-releases that they've done over the last like maybe year or so. Um, because the resale prices on them haven't been crazy. So even though I'm still missing on the sneakers drop, I'm still been able to get them after market and not feel like I'm like unless you wear a size twelve. Right. I happen to wear uh, a size ten, which is like the most common shoe size in the world. So um, yeah, like these, these the prices on these are great. So I was I was pumped to be able to pull uh, out another box. Don't do it. Don't do it. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not. I'm look. Everybody has that. I've, I've shined a lot. CB has shined more than most. He has had his moment. Like I feel like that was. That's just when E went. CB knew that E was out of spades. That was his. The, e had the, the ace of spades, and CB had dropped the the big the baby joker, whatever. He he dropped that and trumped his own partner. Not let his man win the hand right there. That's that's tough. And I'm just, you know, it was a lot, a lot of fire on this episode. I'll put it that way. Yeah, no, that's that was look, from the start to finish. It was a great episode. Earl, again, thank you for joining us, brother. Um, I'm we're definitely gonna take a field trip up there um, and see what you got going on for sure. Where can we find you again? Let's plug all your stuff so people know where we can. Um, one. You know, just just come and have a good time, and then too, just like in stores too. Like, where where are you at? Yeah, well, thanks for having me again. I appreciate it. Like, it was fun. Um, check us out on social media, Crooked Crab Beer, um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, yeah, and you can find our stuff in Maryland and DC, uh, like Montgomery County, Howard County, Baltimore, um, Anne Arundel, just like all of, you know, Frederick, pr- pretty much anywhere that sells craft beer. Um, we're there, and if we're not there, ask them, and we'll we'll get in. Dope. Um, the question was raised: Why do we keep the boxes? Well, when you have a lot, like you need to be able to, you have to be able to stock. And you, you're damn righty. This what that was a top five. I, it, it's just all a mystery too going into it. No one knows what the other one is going to pull out. So like if you if you lead off like and you decide eh, I'm gonna pull back, and then everybody else keep brainstorming, you're like damn. But you know, definitely good. But um, <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a great episode. Again, we we thank you. Um, I th- hope I answered that. We have a lot of we keep the boxes. You got a lot. You gotta you gotta be able to stack. Uh, so yeah, that's that's good. Um, hang out in the room if you can, uh, Earl. For a little bit. We got a little ex- uh, exit that we're gonna do, but we we'll chop it up in the off air. But uh, fellas, another great show. <sighs> Yeah, like, share, like, subscribe. Like, share, subscribe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you haven't, yeah, uh, listen you know, to me and CB places. went to Aspen. CB, you gotta let uh, you gotta send Earl the file so you can hear how, <laughs> how our trip to Aspen went. It's um, funny because uh, 
Earl, you wouldn't, you might never guess this, but Earl's flag football team from college, uh, he actually did uh, like a freestyle rap for the like for the flag team, like they recorded it and everything. And um, so like Earl, Earl, Earl will be hip to it. Dope, dope, dope. All right, y'all. Uh, remember, stay in the room, Earl. We are something else. We'll leave you with something to get you through your week. I come to you hungry and tired. You give me food, let me sleep. I come to you weak. You give me strength, and that's deep. Call me a sheep and lead me to green pastures, only asking that I keep the focus in between the chapters. You give me the word and only ask that I interpret and give me the eyes that I may recognize a serpent. You know I ain't perfect, but you'd like me to try. Unlike the devil who just wants me to lie till I die. Lord, why is it that I go through so much pain? All I saw was black. All I felt was rain. I come to you because it's you who knows. You showed me that everything was black because my eyes were closed. You gave me the light and let me bask in your glory. So it was only right that when you asked for this story, I put it together. To do our dogs some good. Our dogs being brothers and sisters in the hood. Plenty of times you sent help my way, but I hid. And I remember once you held me close, but I slid. There was something that I just had to see. That you wanted me to see so I could be what you wanted me to be. And I think I've seen it. Because I don't feel the same. Matter of fact, I know I've seen it. I can feel the change. And it's strange. I was got me beating down your door. But I've never known love like this before. It's a wonderful feeling to get away from the pain. And up under the ceiling, I get away from the rain. And the strain that I feel when I'm here is gone. I know real, so I wipe away the tears. Huh? And I almost lost faith when you took my man, Monty. Paso and Dre's brother Dan. And I fear that what I'm saying won't be heard until I'm gone. But it's all good because I really didn't expect to live long. So if it takes for me to suffer, for my brother to see the light, give me pain till I die. But please, Lord, treat him right.